in your baptism, Sarah and Micah, you were buried with Christ. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ and he forgave all your sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. We're excited by that this weekend, aren't we? As we are every week. This is amazing stuff. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels saying that they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. But he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Not your typical Easter Sunday passage, I apologise, but it's what I really felt God lay on my heart to, uh, to, as I say, to encourage Sarah and Micah through this morning, and by extension, all of you who have been baptised. Uh, Paul was writing to the church in Colossae to encourage them and to strengthen them because there were people among them who were teaching things that, that, that were contrary to sound doctrine, and it was unsettling them. And, and so Paul wanted to strengthen them. And, and it's particularly important for us to remember why it is that we can have confidence, why it is that we can know freedom, and why it is that we can have hope in the face of trials. And, and that's why I think I've landed on this today, because Sarah and Micah, as you have received Jesus, so now you must continue with him. And follow him. Let your roots grow deep down into him. Then your faith will grow strong and you will overflow with thanksgiving. So great to hear you share that this morning. Because hard times come, don't they? Hard times come, storms come, and winds buffet us. And if our roots are deep in him, we can be unmoved. We might bend, but we won't break. And that is my prayer for Sarah and for Micah today, that we would be settled, that you would be settled, that you would know the strength of God. Continue as you carried on. You're here, Micah, so I'll keep looking at Sarah, but you're here. Continue, continue as you carried on. You received Jesus by faith. Carry on by faith. 
There was nothing that we did to deserve the relationship with God that we enjoy, and God requires nothing of you now. Walk with him by faith. Enjoy him by faith. When you do that, your faith will be strengthened and you will overflow with thanksgiving. Because on the cross, Jesus said it was finished, didn't he? Mm -hmm. On Good Friday, he said, it's finished. It's done. There's nothing more to add. No matter how many times you feel like you have fallen short, you feel like you've failed, it's finished. We are forgiven and free, and we can enjoy the blessings of being in Christ. Now, I have to confess, I've been looking forward to today because I really wanted to use this as an opportunity. I've not been a church leader for very long, and I wanted to use today as an opportunity for me to sort out my theology of baptism. I don't just want to believe what I believe, because it's always what the churches I've been a part of have believed. I want to do my homework. I want to, I want to look into things. I want to find out why is it that different churches say what they say. Because we have questions about these sort of things, don't we? And I haven't answered all of my questions, but I've enjoyed the study that I have done. And one of the big questions that I have is, what's just happened? What's just happened here? Is this simply a step of obedience, or is there a significance to what has just happened here? Does God do something special through this step of obedience, or, or is it just, I mean, is it important because Jesus told us to, but is that it? And I think that today's passage helps us to see that the answer is that something special has just happened today. Sarah and Micah, something special has just happened in your life. It may not feel like it, but it's true. And, uh, and that's uh, really important. Very much. Because Colossians tells us that we were buried with Christ in baptism. So we, we identify with Jesus' death as we go into the waters, and we identify with his resurrection, and we enter into newness of life, into new life with him as we come out of the waters. And so there is something happening there. Now we know that baptism isn't necessary for salvation. You know, Jesus said to the, the, the thief on the cross with him that he'd be in paradise with him today, even though he hadn't been baptised. But the norm is that we would be baptised. Jesus, in Matthew 28, told us, didn't he, to make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. In the book of Acts, we see a pattern set for us that people believe and are baptised. And there was no kind of, you know, ten-week lead-in with all sorts of questions. It was, do you, do you sincerely want to follow Jesus? Okay, we're baptised. And that's what's happened today. And so we've had... Uh, probably one of the youngest people you'll see get baptised, but who sincerely wants to follow Jesus, be baptised, and we've had someone come to know Jesus and desire to be baptised. Both are so special. God has done something in you both as he's done that. Now, we are, if you're a guest here today, we are a pretty ordinary bunch. I joked about how low church I was two weeks ago when I thought it was Palm Sunday and it wasn't. It was just a regular Sunday. Uh, 
and, and Joel was leading worship in shorts today, so we are pretty <laughs> low church. But to make up for my low church shenanigans, I want to read something to you from the Westminster Confession of Faith. We're going to go, you know, Anglican for a moment. Baptism is a sacrament of the New Testament ordained by Jesus Christ, not only for the solemn admission of the party baptised into the visible church, but also, since this is the stuff that's just happened, Micah and Sarah, this is the stuff that's just happened, but also to them a sign and a seal of the covenant of grace. That's a sign and a seal. This baptism, the baptism we've been baptised with, we can remember as a sign and a seal of the covenant of grace that we are now in, of regeneration to new life. You have newness of life now, of the forgiveness of sins and of their giving up unto God through Jesus Christ to walk in that newness of life. This act speaks of your desire to walk with Jesus now. For those of us who have been baptised, this moment that we look back on, if ever our faith is shaken, we remember these things. We remember, actually, my baptism is a sign and a seal of, of my being brought into a new family and being given new life, of being uh, forgiven of all of my sins, and I must remember that I desire to walk with Jesus. It's a sacrament which is by Christ's own appointment to be continued in his church until the end of the world. Later in this chapter on baptism, which, which has seven points, which uh, I don't agree with all of, it says that efficacy of baptism is not tied to that moment of time where it is administered. And that's really important because what's just happened here isn't about who did it. Now, I think in Sarah and Claire, sorry, in Abby and Claire, you've, you've, you've had some good ones. In Bernard and Jim, Michael, you've had some good ones. But if Jim were to abandon his faith tomorrow, which you're not planning on doing, are you? No. Good. So if Jim were to abandon his faith tomorrow, Micah's baptism would be no less effective than it is now. And so we can have confidence. Because it is God who is faithful. It is God who, whose promise is behind what has just happened here. And so we can take courage from it. So baptism is not only for the public declaration of faith. It's also for all of those things. A sign and a seal of God's faithfulness. The promises of baptism can be trusted. We've been baptised into Christ. We were in Christ when we made our confession of faith, but there is, a, there is something that happens in this act of obedience. I suppose baptism is to Christians what a wedding is to couples. The, the love and the desire was, was not less before the wedding than afterwards, but the wedding's important. What we've spoken, what we've done, is important and it matters. And we, as Christians, can look back on our baptisms and take courage, just as as couples, we can look back on our wedding days and find new resolve to keep going. 
I want to skip to the end of the passage to hopefully bring this message to an end soon. As I said, Paul was speaking or writing to the church in Colossae to encourage them, to, 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 to try and put wisdom into them so that they would be able to spot and to know what to do in the face of dodgy teaching that would have led them astray. And it says this in verses 20 to 23. In fact, I'm not going to read all of it. Um, but anyway, you've got people there who we don't know exactly what they're teaching, but we see Paul's response to them. He says, these rules may seem wise, these things that people would put on them to, if you're going to live a Christian life, you must do this, you must do this, you must do this. And so these people in the church in Colossae were trying to put stuff on people. And Paul said this, these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, high self-denial and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. So Sarah and Micah, and to all of us here this morning, you started by faith. You walk by faith. If anyone tries to lay any burden on you other than to believe in God, know that you are in Jesus, you can just back that off and you can enjoy relationship with him. Now Paul wasn't saying not to take faith seriously. In fact, if we were to read on in chapter 3, we'd see quite the opposite. We should take our faith very seriously. But we start by faith, we walk by faith. But go back around to the very beginning, you know, we, we, we continue as we began. We grow in our faith and we overflow with thankfulness. Because our, our, there should be a lightness and a joy to our faith. We know God. We know our sins have been forgiven. We know that we have peace with him through the blood of Christ, we know fellowship with him through the Holy Spirit living in us. And as we remember those things, we can overflow with thankfulness. And so if, if ever a heaviness comes, we can know actually, no, I'm in Christ. I've been baptised into him. It is finished. And we can overflow with thanksgiving. I think, um, I think one of the reasons that I have landed on this is, is because I am well aware, as we all are, that hard times really do come, don't they? And, um, and I'm not going to say anything more than that, but you are facing another hard time. What is with you in it? What you have just done in baptism is powerful and effective. And you can take courage from this sacrament that you have just done. Let's, let's use religious language. I'll go back to the Westminster Confession of Faith. This sacrament that has just been performed, you have taken a heart. It matters. It matters to all of us who have put our hope in Jesus. Storms come. Winds blow. If our roots have gone down into him, if we remember that we have been baptised into Christ, we can find strength to carry on. We can find strength to keep going. And one thing that, that we know, don't we, is that whether victoriously or by the skin of our teeth, 
Jesus always leads us through. Always leads us through. And so as we face hard times, we don't know what the outcome is going to be, but we know that it's going to be good. We know that God is going to lead us through. But we must carry on as we began. We must follow him. We must grow in our faith and in what we've been taught, and we must learn to overflow with thankfulness, to resist any urge that might be placed on us to do this or do that, but to simply trust Jesus, to trust in the work that happened on this Easter weekend, however many years ago it was now. And remember that he's still faithful, that this 2,000-year-old thing still tells he's exactly the same. He's, he behaves like this towards his people. He is a loving father. Some of the songs we sang today were beautiful, weren't they? And speak such hope and such promise to us. Those words are true. Those words are true for us today. And so we can all put our hope in him. Can I ask the band to come back, please? Because I know that Joel's got at least one song uh, to uh, lead us in. I'm going to pray.